Shit Dad Podcast. Celebrating the mistakes that all parents make. You're listening to the Shit Dad Podcast. G'day, g'day, and welcome to episode 53, and happy Father's Day to the Shit Dad podcast boys and the listeners. We normalise those parenting mistakes and breaks while talking all things fatherhood. I'm Nick, married father of a three, five, and a seven-year-old, and you know your kids think your car needs a clean when they get you an air freshener for Father's Day. Oh, Oh, that's good. G'day, y'all. I'm Dave, father of two girls, a three-year-old and a five-month-old, and uh, how good are injuries sustained on the drink? You can't remember what happened, but fuck my shoulder hurts. <laughs> <laughs> a few stories there. Uh, and I'm Cam, father to a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And for Father's Day last weekend, I got a nose and ear and eyebrow hair trimmer oh. and some jocks. Ultimate dad gifts, but I was very happy. That's another yeah. like big hinter, isn't it? <laughs> dad, the, uh, the old nosies are getting a bit wrong. <laughs> um, and we are joined with a very special guest tonight, um, Shannon from Trademutt. Um, father of two boys, certified top bloke. Um, welcome to the podcast, Shannon. Thank you. Much appreciated, mate. <laughs> really happy to be here. I don't have too much podcast experience, so um, you just tell me if I fuck anything up and, you know, we'll edit it out. Cutting room floor, that sort of stuff. <laughs> but two, two things, we fuck up constantly, and second thing, I don't edit that much. So. <laughs> awesome. What do we uh, kick it off with some dad jokes? Hang Sounds on, good. Gonna- what do you call a line of dads waiting to get haircuts? Uh-huh. A barbecue. It's <laughs> 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 some good stuff. I like that. <laughs> My yeah. wife was shocked when she found out I was no good at DIY electrical work. Yeah, I'll pay that. His face. Yeah. So yeah. good. He's like, fuck. What have I got myself into? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, we're not even five minutes in. I'm fucking trapped. <laughs> I locked the door. <laughs> All right. Um, what does math, maths teach you go on holidays? Times squared. Oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> That's the good stuff. Yep. I actually called that on Saturday just to make sure I remembered it. And I didn't remember it until <laughs> I was sitting in the car. Was like, fuck, how do I access our Skype number again? Awesome. Welcome to Dad's Corner, where we give a shout out to worthy causes and support services for men and dads all over the world. If you know a group who's helped you or is a great cause, let us know on Instagram, at shitdadpod. Check out Dad's Community on Facebook, a community of dads that will support each other through the challenging moments and hold a safe space for each other. That's Dad's Community. If you're a tradie and a dad, wrap your lugs around our unofficial cousin podcast, Smoko Convo's The Potty. Hef covers all the hardships and hard-ons that all tradies experience and ways to dig yourself out of the dark thoughts we all have at one point in our fatherhood journey. And finally, support the guys who keep us clothed. Otherwise, we'd be sitting around in the skin. Smashing fibers, lightweight, easy breathe, active wear or everyday casuals. You'll struggle to find a better fit anywhere. And right now, all tees and tanks are $10. No code, no excuses. Head over to smashingfibers.com.au right this second while you're listening to us have a dirty old yarn. That's Dad's Corner. Is that our radio voice? Yeah, yeah. Love it. <laughs> Somebody Just, uh, has it. Somebody's got that moment of like, get into Baba's workshop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if anyone from B105 is listening, I'm currently... Open for some side gig. <laughs> they do with their mouths or something. It's just like, 
<laughs> Good eye, you know, like extended kind of Queenslander or something. I don't know what the vernacular is. I'm going to keep that as a, a type of language. Is like English, US, English, Australia, and Queensland vernacular. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Queensland so there's my swag. first. <laughs> there's my first fuck up uh, of the episode. I'm still not going to edit it out, but um, we don't have any listener emails, so I'm going to ask Shannon to go for his dad jokes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I I could not decide on which one I wanted to actually say. So I've got two dad jokes and an uncle joke. Please, Excellent. Right? Mm-hmm. So the first dad joke is is a bit of a classic, uh, which is, uh, why did the baker have brown elbows? Because he needed a poo. Oh, <laughs> oh that is good. Anyway, you can't go wrong with a poo joke. No. Right. Yep. Also, um, I wish we could have got that on camera as well. Because <laughs> the, there were the action, actions were amazing. Yeah. Uh, second dad joke, which is a bit more convoluted, but it's like, so at first I couldn't believe it that my father had been fired from his job as a road worker for stealing. But when I got home, I saw all the signs. <laughs> yep, that's good. Pay it. Uh, last one, I promise. Uh, uncle joke. So, you know, a little bit dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, like all uncles. <laughs> a little bit dirty. She's fucking dirty. Uh, what's blue and fucks old ladies? <laughs> Me in my lucky blue suit. <laughs> Your uncle would tell you that. That is the biggest uncle joke I've ever heard. That's great. (laughs) All right, let's move on. (laughs) Now, I've got one thing this week before we jump into some of our chats. Um, Something I've discovered, I think it's new. Uh, You guys might have seen it. It's actually by the team at Movember, um, just in time, you know, leading up to Are You OK Day. Um, And it's something that they've launched a new website called Family Man. Um, And it's in partnership with the University of Sydney. Uh, it's basically a research-backed online parenting program designed for dads. Uh, the best part about it is that the professor is called Mark Dads. Oh, His last name is D-A-D-D-S. Oh. So the dad, Dads is looking after all the dads. He's got those big old double Ds. That's right. <laughs> um, I've looked at it. There's a few like uh, videos. It's about you know raising kids and a, and a few pointers and things. Um, it's designed to be uh, fun, free, fast, and interactive, um, and developed with child behaviour experts as well. So, yeah, something I've just discovered and pretty excited to kind of get it a bit stuck into. I can watch a bit of it and then report back if uh, if you guys are keen. That'd be sick. Awesome. Well, there's another another thing to add into uh, Dad's Corner. Really good. Um, what we what would we call that? Just charity. Yeah. Even just like a content partnership. Yeah, Yeah, sick. All right. uh, Before we get into the old fatherhood yarn, I'd love it, Shannon, if you could tell us a bit about um, Trademark, how you're involved, and what TX is. Awesome. Um, So Trademark is a social enterprise workwear brand. A lot of those words don't mean much to a lot of people. So basically uh, it's it's a... um, a consumer product sort of a thing built for around workwear and trades industries uh, and the idea is that we create social impact not just through the delivery of the product but also we use um, the sale of those products to uh, fund um, social change and, and impact so basically our, our main cause uh, is TX which stands for this is a conversation starter so it's a, our not-for-profit partner company basically and they provide free same-day um, call and text mental health counselling for well aimed at blue collar workers but ultimately open to anybody uh, who can access them so you know it's 
basically, uh, yeah, I mean, what we're known for is funky, colourful work shirts. That's what most people sort of see when they <laughs> yeah. think about trademark. Um, and once you see them, you can't stop seeing them. It's sort of like spotting Pokemon in the That's wild. That's a trademark. Yeah, yeah, trademark. It's actually awesome. I mean, Shannon's brought in some merch for us. Thank you. And we've got some, yeah. like, some funky camo socks. Yeah, they're actual... Uh, camel toe socks so there's a separation between the big toe and the rest of the toes oh, so you can go from the work boots to the pluggers so good that is so handy <laughs> Dave finally <laughs> oh my god I break so many pairs of thongs because I fucking swear I just it's constant pushing them in that's a man who's just been you know wasting his toe dexterous <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you finally that's my pain <laughs> thank you and, yeah, and the shirt's pretty larry as well We've yeah got, you know, I mean, that's the idea, right? Yeah. What's the NYNWA? That's not You'll Never Walk Alone. That's not a Liverpool thing, is it? Uh, It is. Get out of here. Well, it's a bit of a tribute to... um you know the the one of the well one of the founders um, Ed and one of the reasons why trademark was started was that Ed and Dan a couple of young larrikin yep. tradies met on a work site and then shortly after um, one of Ed's sorry one of Dan's um, best mates uh, took his own life oh, okay yeah he was also in the trades and you know it was a massive sort of uh, obviously it was a tragedy it was a it was a moment of sort of reflection for um, Dan and and it was a really hard period of time. And during that period of time, you know, Ed, who was his apprentice at the time, ended up being his main sort of support system. Um, they both kind of learned a lot through that. And I think what they came out the other end sort of thinking was, why did this happen? Um, what are some of the reasons why, you know, you know, in asking those questions that you have in those moments, it's like, why couldn't this person have just reached out mm. and had a chat? Why couldn't we have had a, had a conversation about it? You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that really drove a lot of where we've ended up now, which is, you know, starting with conversation, starting workwear. So the idea is that you've got high-vis, um, yellow and orange, you know, day and night accredited. It doesn't matter where you are in a work site, you can wear it. Um, and the idea is that these things stand out like dog's balls. So you walk into a site and you're going to attract a little bit of attention. Uh, and that's really where the brand kind of took off. It was one or two people walking onto a work site and having a bunch of people gather around them because that's what you do. <laughs> Love it. A lot of the time it's taking the piss out of somebody, but yeah. it's pretty clear on the, on the rear shoulders of every shirt that we sell. It says... This is a conversation starter. Yeah. Um, and the idea is that once you start those conversations, you know, you, you eventually, you, you find your way to leading it on towards talking about mental health in a kind of authentic, open and honest way that you often really don't get to in a professional context. So um, I, going back to your original question, you never walk alone. Uh, we're still waiting to get sued for that. But um, <laughs> basically... Um, no one from Liverpool listens to this anyway. So. <laughs> Dan's um, mate who took his life was a big Liverpool fan. And, you know, it's only a small thing. It's quite subtle on mm. each of the shirts. But um, number one, it's it's a pretty clear message when it comes to a bit of solidarity behind mental health and how we can all kind of help each other. But number two, it's kind of nice to think that that, that tragedy, that initial thing that kind of spurred this whole action, um, there's a little tribute on every single shirt um, mm. that goes out our doors, basically. Everybody's walking around proudly wearing this. Yeah. There's a little piece of that that bloke that's walking around with them. That's so, awesome. That's, that's yeah. so good. And TX, is that something that how everyone can sort of um, contact? Is that professionals? Like yeah, mental yeah. health professionals? So they're they're clinically trained counsellors and um, well basically I mean where, where TX came out of it started with the shirts and we were starting conversations on site and the boys sort of realised after a while well there are some things that you're not sort of 
qualified yeah. for. I mean, <laughs> oh, as Dan likes to say, it was like people would ask me, what's my qualifications if I work in mental health? And I said, I had a Cert 3 in joinery, you know. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think they realised eventually, well, we need to be able to send people somewhere when they've got an issue that, let's be honest, a lot of us aren't trained adequately to sort of deal with. If I turned to you and said, you know, I'm having trouble with my girlfriend or, like, I'm worried about money or I don't know what I want to do with my life, these are the sorts of questions where anybody has a little bit to say about it, you know. Yeah. We've all got a bit of lived experience that we might be able to offer some advice on. If I were to turn to you and say that I have, you know, long-form trauma from, from childhood abuse or I've got, you know, um, I've had issues since my mother died and I have no moral compass, these aren't the sorts of things that you really want to dive into with, with somebody on the work side. It's not the right environment for it but the idea that people would reach out in that moment after we've asked them to yeah and they'd walk away without actually having gotten anything that's almost worse yeah so that's where tx was sort of born out of it was this idea of like you know there are existing mental health services for free in australia um and you know they're great they're wonderful it's great that there are people out there doing this sort of stuff one of the issues they face is that they're often um you know there's a bit of a wait list because mm. let's be honest that's another down it's another harsh reality of mental health in Australia is that um, there's a lot of issues out there. Mm. The second piece is that despite having these free um, resources, it's pretty clear based on the numbers that there's a certain demographic of people that are not um, reaching those resources, basically, for one reason or another. And so, you know, when I think about TX and where it was sort of born out of, it's a response to a reality, which is that for one reason or another, there are barriers in the way for some parts of, of our workforce, for some parts of our society, to accessing that help. And so where we sort of try to position our, our role in that, it's certainly not a silver bullet. You know, we'd be charging a lot more for a shirt if it was a, a <laughs> secret cure-all to our <laughs> mental health issues. No, it's more about um, finding ways to break those initial barriers, even the invisible ones that you wouldn't really think about, and get people to just start the conversation. Mm. Just start with something, you know. That's why text counselling is a thing now because it's easier for some people than thinking about sitting on the phone talking to a stranger about all your deepest, darkest secrets and thoughts. It's like just start talking about it and you'll find that it'll come out. Most people are pretty keen to have a yarn about what's going on in their lives, especially if they know that it's a pretty judgment-free space. So I guess with that in mind, you know, that's what we're trying to sort of continue the work on is, is finding ways to reach even those people who are pretty sceptical about it all and sort of try to show them it's like you know what it's also okay to be skeptical just give it a crack yeah. that's it when that's it first yeah. started did you find that um, a lot of tradies were uh, uh, like open to it and you know asking about the shirt straight away or did it take a bit of time to kind of crack that look to be honest um, I only started um, you know after the brand had sort of been established so I'm fairly recent on the team compared to the two boys themselves but I do know that it's always a challenging conversation for you know Blokes, especially older blokes, who are kind of rusted on personalities in certain industries, you know. Rusted on. That's amazing. <laughs> um, basically, you know, it's always going to be a bit of a challenge to convince any bloke in that position to wear something that's got pink and purple all over it. But <laughs> having said that, I mean, I think the the success of the brand and, and the movement sort of so far has indicated that there is a lot of appetite for this sort of stuff and that people are pretty passionate about it. When you think about it, I mean... Everybody, everybody is impacted by mental health in one way or another. Even if you're the most mentally sound, happy person in the world, everything's going right for you. You know someone who's suffering through it right now and that's going to impact on you too. And I think, you know, being able to recognise that reality and kind of point it out to people, it's, it's not always about 
um, just trying to help yourself. It's also about helping other people. And that's where people find a bit of kind of ownership and a little bit of empowerment through it too. Now, waking up in the morning, making that decision to be somebody who champions not just your own mental health but other people's as well, it can kind of help you feel like you're doing something in, in you know, a, a day and age where that's really hard to feel like you, you are. So I think that's one of the reasons why it was adopted fairly quickly. Also, you know, high-vis is boring. <laughs> it's in the same <laughs> thing, for, you know, yeah. since people have had to wear it. And yep. so the idea of having something a little bit different even... I mean, the fact that, you know, it's it's um, supporting a great cause is almost like a bonus, or maybe it's the other way around, I don't know, but <laughs> it's it's kind of like, it's a twofer, if you know what I mean. You get to be a bit different, you get to do something a bit of fun at work, you know, for a, a, a sort of sector of, of our workforce who have never had much of a choice in what they wear. It's like, yeah. you got the yellow or you got the orange. <laughs> okay? Some people think you can wear blue, but you're not allowed to on this side. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, there's a few parts of it that kind of make sense to people, and I think that's one of the reasons why there's been a fair bit of passion for it so far. That's awesome. Such a good cause. And I think it um, yeah, really relates to a lot of dads out there too because mm. it's not just work, work-related work mental health issues around, but a lot of dads have that sort of um, postnatal depression and things like that as well. It's not just mums. But I think that's a, a good time to um, to get into your big old fatherhood yarn. <laughs> So let's uh, let's yeah. relate it a bit bit more to the kids as well, and yeah. be awesome. That was really good. Thanks, mate. Can you tell us uh, start off by telling us about your family um, so, and your yeah. fatherhood experience so far? Absolutely. Um, so I um, first met my my wife Kath uh, when I was sixteen. She was my um, one of my good friends' older sisters. So I kind of living the dream in some ways. There, <laughs> uh, we didn't actually sort of get together until much later on, uh, which is you know good. Um, and but basically, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, you know, uh, we got married um, probably after four years of dating and I think we just sort of found that we were a really good fit for each other. Um, she's a social worker, which, you know, when you're a bit fucked up in here, um, it's kind of a good thing to have around you at times. Not that you want to create that kind of dependency or anything, but um, she was very much a sound kind of a mind um, and somebody who's, who's always been a great listener and... And I can't stop fucking talking, so we were match made in heaven. Um, <laughs> but basically, yeah, we've um, we have two young boys, um, a four year old and a six year old. And um, I don't know about you, like I, there's always this joke when you talk about, oh, you got two kids, and somebody might say, are you going for the third? You're going to go for the girl at all? And I have a couple of like little prepared lines. And the one thing I was like, no, nah, we're stopping at two. We don't want to be outnumbered. And you always get like a little satisfied chortle. Well, you're naughty. I understand. <laughs> Kids can be a handful. Um, I'll, say no. I, I'll say I stopped chasing girls years ago. So <laughs> yeah, that always helps too. You know. we, um, yeah, look, we, we were pretty, um, <laughs> we're happy with our family as it is. And mm-hmm. we've got two gorgeous young boys and they're both so bloody different from each other, uh, which is awesome. Um, I, you know, earlier on, I think when when Kath was pregnant the first time, um, we were talking. You know, I, I'd ask anybody because I'm a pretty curious person. So I'd be talking to people like people who are fathers already, and sort of saying like, what, what is so good about being a dad? Like, what, what can you actually describe in proper bloody words for me? Because people would always just waffle about this kind of intangible shit, and you'd say, yeah, what's, yeah. what's so? What's the best thing about being a dad? And they're just like. You can't explain it, mate. <laughs> you know, it's just something that you can't... Ex- it's just a feeling that you get, mate. And I'm like, well, that's um, dog shit. Thanks for that. 
I mean, look, not to expect like every, you know, the best yeah. answer possible, but anything tangible. Yeah. And one day I was getting an Uber home and I had a couple of beers and we were talking and I mentioned, you know, my wife's pregnant. And he was like, oh yeah, I've got six kids. And I was like, geez, six, that's full on. And I go to him, so what's, um, okay, what's, what's the best thing about being a dad? Without skipping a beat, this bloke just goes, watching him learn how to do shit, it's just absolutely gorgeous, mate. And I was like, oh, that's such a good answer. It's the mean, most it's, useful thing you've heard all year. <laughs> well, it's, it's not the perfect answer now that I'm a dad, but it's something. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So I was looking for something to kind of grasp onto, you know, like leaning in towards this thing. And it's also kind of, it's all philosophical when yeah. they talk about it. What's the reality like? Yeah. People say um, a different level of love and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I hate that shit, though. Yeah. What would you, what would be your answer to that if someone asked you? Um, um, look, yeah, it is a good question. Um, the way, if, if somebody says like, what's you know, the best thing about being a dad, I'd have to say it's like, it's it's the inherent sense of purpose that comes along with everything that you do, right? Um, I, I remember before I had kids, I remember being a younger bloke and having a lot of dreams and aspirations, wanting to do lots of different things, wanting to sort of achieve and make money and buy a house and all this sort of shit. And I remember that was real and I remember had good reasons probably for wanting all those things, but I can't for the fucking life of me remember what any of those actual reasons are. So now I've got one, yeah. right? Now I've got two really good reasons to want to actually do stuff, to want to kind of achieve things and grow as a person and all those things. And before that, it was just really hard to understand what's tangible enough to actually make you want to do that stuff. Yeah. So to me, it's kind of, it's this the immense sense of purpose that you get from then on. That just doesn't go away. So far, anyway. That's a real good answer. <laughs> we haven't heard that one yet. No, okay, there you go. Yeah. That was um, unrehearsed. I, yeah, well done. <laughs> you actually, I thought you got me for a second. <laughs> What's your fucking answer? Then, I'm like, ooh, just the feeling that you get. Um, it's a love you just can't describe. <laughs> um, how did your own upbringing shape you as the dad and, and the dad that you've become? Yeah, look, it's an interesting question. Um, like, full disclosure, I don't actually uh, have a very good relationship with my own parents. And I did for a very long time. So uh, I had a really good childhood in a lot of ways. Um, and it's only later in life that some of those tensions sort of arose. And, you know, it gives you a little bit of retrospect. I think I, um, number one, kind of knowing the difference between being somebody who is overprotective and just being someone who's protective... You know, like there's a lot of judgment as a parent because it's sort of the most important thing that you can do. And so everybody's got their own two cents on it. They've got their own take on it. And if you do something different, it's almost like you're saying that they're wrong. Yeah. They're bad parents, right? And of course, it's nothing of the sort, but that creates a lot of tension no matter what you do when you just do things a little bit differently. Um, I think one of the key ways that it sort of shaped me is, is learning that moment of going, you don't want to hide your child from the world. You don't want to wrap them in bubble wrap. But there's some shit that isn't worth learning, you know? And the way I describe it is, like, you put your baby in the bath and it's hot and they start complaining that it's too hot and crying. Do you tell them, like, well, sometimes life's hot. No. <laughs> you turn the fucking cold tap on, you dickhead, right? Like, they're not going to learn anything. So it's about being able to pass out those different things. Some yeah. people draw a different line in the sand from you. And you know what? That's fine. Yeah. I think um, that that's certainly something that I've kind of learned. I think um, beyond that, too, it's kind of... Uh, there, there's a few... It's less about how I was raised. It's more about sort of that juxtaposition again. And I think my focus is on making sure that my kids 
I don't know. I, I never want to view my kids through the lens of them like their job is to be convenient for me, which is a trap that I think a lot of dads fall into, you know. And you get advice from mates. I had a guy tell me once, he's like, if the baby's not wet, if it's not hungry, if it's not tired, it'd stay in the fucking crib. And I'm like, what if he wants a cuddle? Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a little, little person. Another person said that their, um, their grandmother had told them, you know, having a child shouldn't change your life and what you do at all. And it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, absolutely it should. What the hell is wrong with you? I mean, you know, uh, you, you obviously you don't judge people for the way they do shit. It's tough, hard enough yeah. out there, you know. Everybody's got their own way of doing things. Obviously, it's a bit different if somebody's being properly abusive and neglectful and stuff. But I think, you know, parenting choices are just that. They're personal. They're, yeah. they're about being the parent. Let's, um, tame, let's tame our shit dad moments this week, then. <laughs> <laughs> Deleting one. Neglect old shit. <laughs> no. Uh, but, yeah, I guess um, I've learned that I don't, I don't just want my kids to be convenient for me. You know, if I'm looking at this through a lens of, God, can you just eat the food that I've given you? And which is like, yeah, sometimes they do need to do that. If you know that they don't hate the food, they're not allergic to it, it's like, well, that's your dinner, mate, you know. But then there's other times where it's like, can you shut the fuck up on the bus because it's embarrassing me? It's like, no, that's not, that's not being a good dad. Yeah. That, that, that's just you prioritising your own convenience over what your kid needs. And it's like, well, fuck you. You know, <laughs> be a man. Yeah. Hug your kid. Talk it out with them. Talk to them. Look them in the eyes. It's those sorts of things. Inconvenience yourself. You're yeah. the one who fucking put them here. Take some responsibility. Yeah. That's kind of how I look at it anyway. But that's, a, that's a real good way of looking at yeah. it. And I think a lot of dads need to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking good advice in there. Myself included. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Um, when did you and your wife know that you wanted kids? Was there a moment or was it just a, a gradual thing? <laughs> uh, look, that's a good question. I mean, my wife, uh, I mentioned, is a couple of years older than me. And I think, you know, for women, it's a bit different. Like, we can have kids until we're you know, 60s and you start <laughs> shooting blanks or whatever. But for women, you know, there's this whole element of the biological clock. There's a ton of societal pressure and it's this idea of, like, did you leave it too late? Mm. And so <laughs> she had a lot more pressure than I did, I guess. And so she was the one who started the conversation. At this stage, I was earning a lot less than her and I was like, did you want me to be the stay-at-home dad? <laughs> you know, like, I'll do it. I'll do it yeah. You're earning more than me. And she was like... Nah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we, we still kind of like decided on the pathway we're going on there and we started trying, and which is a really lovely way of saying we started having a lot of sex. Aren't we? <laughs> um, trying such a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, there's that meme. It's like Karen in accounts says she's trying. She and her husband are trying. It's like really good to know you're getting cream pie every night. <laughs> really needed to know that. Cheers. Enjoy. Thanks, Karen. Here's <laughs> some dobbies. <laughs> so I think I think Kath always knew that she wanted kids. Um, for me, it was a little bit different. I started in well, I was in my twenties and started thinking about that sort of stuff. I came to the early conclusion that I didn't want to have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I thought about that, it was because I thought I was going to be. A, I didn't think I'd be a good dad, right? In your twenties. Um, well, I mean, I was early twenties, right? Yeah. And you start thinking about this stuff, and I was, you know, not the most responsible person. I wanted to be a um, musician. Oh, I'm good, mate. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to be a musician for a career, you're not really thinking about other people. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, unless you're really good at it. Um, and basically, you know, there's a few things that made me sort of think, well, I'm too irresponsible for that. And because I took it seriously. It's like it's a fucking important thing raising another person. Mm. And it, for me, there was an actual moment when I realised I did want to have kids. And it was sort of, I can't pinpoint it exactly, but it was when the thought occurred to me that 
Um, the fact that you give a shit about whether or not you're going to be a bad dad is usually a pretty good indicator that you won't be. It's the people who don't care. Yeah. Yeah. They're the ones who are shit dads. Yeah. Right? And not in the sense of this podcast. But no. You know, <laughs> no, no, I get it. Terrible <laughs> fathers. Shit dads. Terrible fathers, yeah. It's the ones who just back themselves to just walk around swinging yeah. a big stick around in their entire life and just trust that everything's going to go all right. And if it doesn't go well, well, then it's not their fault. Yeah. These are the pricks who are bad dads. And... Um, I think when I realised that I wasn't going to do that, it was like, well, fuck it. I guess I don't know anything. Let's give it a go, you know. Yeah. And I, I did genuinely want kids. And, yeah, definitely best buddy decision, best moment of clarity that I've had, yeah. I suppose. Nice. H- how did you um, support your wife during pregnancies and births? Because a lot of our listeners are soon-to-be first-time dads, so they're keen to hear that type of thing. Um, honestly, probably not as well as I could have, If I, like being authentic here, I think. You're a young bloke and you don't really understand the impacts of what you do and the kind of emotional toll that something like pregnancy has on, on a woman uh, that you just don't have to even think about for the most part. Mm. There's, there's all the physical shit. There's the hormones and the carrying around this weight and the knowledge that your body's all going to be different and everything. And, you know, I've always tried to think of myself as a fairly empathetic person, but I do feel a bit of a failing when I think about that time in just understanding it fully. It wasn't a monster or anything, but it's like, you know, if you can justify staying out on a Friday night until the wee hours of the morning because, you know, nobody needs anything from you the next day, it's still, like, not really taking in the whole picture, yeah. you know, for your, your wife who literally can't do any of that shit anymore. So I think that's sort of where my head was at at the beginning um, and it took a while to get it out of that space. I don't miss any of that sort of shit, by the way, but... Um, like, I can't I think of anything worse than going out to the pub until <laughs> the wee hours of the morning just talking shit to people that you don't even know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a waste of time. Um, but I think I could have done a lot better in that space. Um, in terms of the support that I did provide, I guess it was just about being as present as you can for some of those things, being the physical aid that you need to be in those moments and sort of assuring people. I think the emotional assurance is pretty important. Um, be the calming presence. Yeah, it's easier for you. Let's be real. Mm. You know, there's all those physical things we were talking about before. And even if you don't know what you're doing and talking about, you can at least be like, I reckon it's going to be fine. (laughs) (laughs) You got this. You got this. Just be a little ball of joy. It's like, (laughs) I'm really excited about this. And I think for any any, um, pregnant woman to have a partner who's excited rather than scared, there there can't be anything, you know, uh, I I guess it, it has to be, reassuring on a certain level to know that there's a bit of a commitment there and an excitement about what's going to happen um beyond that i think for the second one you know it was just understanding some more of the physical elements it was kind of going well you know breastfeeding can be a fucking nightmare um who would have thought um you know and doing whatever you can to take some of that burden off because even if you know your partner is even if you're like the the breadwinner and your partner is the the stay-at-home parent um that doesn't mean that you know, they always have all the resources they need and being able to step up, even if that's your clearly defined roles or whatever, is still super important. But being able to throw that shit away, I think, when it, especially when it matters most, is kind of the, the important thing. It's like waking up in the morning and going, you stay there. I've got yeah. all this. We're going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Be guilt-free. Enjoy a coffee. You know, yeah. watch some fucking TV. Watch the Kardashians. Do what you need to do. Um, it's those little things that don't cost you anything, really that just makes such a difference to people when you've got a normal routine that can be a bit daunting mm-hmm. that first moment when you hear the baby crying like oh fuck yeah <laughs> having a bit of relief i heard it once described as like you know when you're grinding 
you got like a, a, a like a wheel that you're pushing or you're grinding by yourself and you just go and go and go and then that moment when you fucking fall over and hit your knees on the ground just seeing that it goes by itself for a little while yeah. can just be so heartening and so rewarding and yeah. I think being that person who pushes that along who keeps it going for somebody um, as little an effort as that is even you know and I don't, I don't want to say that that's the best we can do but it's just like thinking about that shit sometimes and going, yeah. what's some small stuff that I can do on a daily basis? Mm. And then what's some slightly bigger stuff that I can do on a weekly basis? What's some shit that I can do like once a month that's a bit special? Think of it in those terms and just try and plot something out. Just give a shit, you know, put put some effort in, I think. That and is, this isn't me being, being you know, accusatory. <laughs> this is me talking to myself when I was younger, yeah, I suppose. That is time. fucking yeah. amazing advice. I can't believe <laughs> <Just> that. <laughs> a little something, to no something offense, a little no. bit bigger to that one month thing you know like fuck that advice shit I wish someone had fucking told me that yeah like me too three years ago <laughs> definitely actually probably longer than three years ago but even before kids just fucking stop being so selfish and that's it yeah oh, and the, 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 the weird thing that you see on like dad's forums and stuff and like you know reddit forums and shit where they talk about this stuff is a lot of young dudes going not sure what to expect you know like asking these questions so I guess like that's one of the reasons I was really keen to come on here and chat to yeah. you guys is because there's a lot of people asking for this stuff mm-hmm. and you know thinking that you're the person who can tell them what the right thing is is dog shit because everybody's experience is going to be different but I think at least being able to tell them some of the things that you fucked up you know so hopefully they can see maybe a bit of that in themselves if that's a problem and maybe they'll be able to change it too um, don't get me wrong we're all good it wasn't like a really yeah. bad stuff it was just like if you think about what regrets you might have later on, it's those little moments mm-hmm. where you go, it's, it's not the one big moment that happened where you fucked something up. It's all the hundreds of little days and times when you could have done something a little bit different that you think back on and go, yeah, I'd probably change that. So I think that, yeah. that advice for the majority of guys are the guys that have the wife and are supporting the pregnant, pregnant wife and things like that. I think that advice is perfect for the majority, you know, just to <laughs> pick the little things you can do daily, the, the little, the bigger things you can do weekly and the, the nice things you can do monthly. That's Take <laughs> that away. If anyone wants to take that away, that is an absolute nugget of advice yeah. and probably one of the top three of bits of advice we've had on the pod. I'm in a sales role. <laughs> and so, you know, the, the little lizard part of your brain always has to make everything a little bit selfish because otherwise I think, you know, people respond to incentives and nobody's going to want to do it unless they think there's something in it for them. Yeah. I know that's not always true. Some people are genuinely altruistic but the way I would relate that to you is that you will feel justified in what you do in your life you know um, there's been times where I stayed up until the wee hours of the morning playing fucking video games and drinking craft beer and then the next day when I was looking after the kids just a sack of shit <laughs> it's like you know that's not a good dad I was like I was doing the you know get them fed and yeah. make sure they've got some entertainment of some sort but it's like that's not a good dad you know mm. whereas if you do those little things, those little one percenters, you know what I mean, on a, on a fairly frequent basis, then you can kind of justify some of those moments of like, well, this is some time for me, you know what I mean, which can be really hard for people too. Like, mm. The other piece is be forgiving of yourself. Um, you know, I probably sound like I've got a lot of regrets about this sort of shit. It's not really true. I mean, I was a young bloke. I mean, fuck, it's the same as other people out there making the same mistake right now. Like, you don't know any better. You, mm. do, you don't know it until you know it, right? And so... Forgive yourself. Be easy on yourself. Everybody is scared during this period of time and doesn't really know what to do and you respond in different ways. So if you fuck it up, the worst thing you can do is wallow in that and sort of try and just become that, oh, I'm a shit dad. That doesn't help anybody. Just go, well, look, you know what I'm going to try and do? Own it. Better. I'm going to try and do better. (coughs) One little thing at a time. Love it.
Nice. Well, I might jump in here. Um, sounds like a pretty good story so far, but once that uh, young fella came along, how'd you go adapting to that dad life? Yeah. You know, the tough thing is, like, remembering some of the minutiae behind it because uh, people say, like, pain forgets, right? And there's a lot of shit that you go, like, oh, the, the screaming. No, our, our first was a pretty difficult kid in a lot of ways. Like, he's hyper-vigilant, you know? As soon as he could move his neck, the moment somebody leaves the room, he'd be, like, jolting his neck to see where you're going <laughs> and stuff. And it's like, that's not a learned behaviour. This is just, like, the kid is... You know, we, we took him to a doctor when he was fairly young and sort of like, oh, you know, is there something going on there? Is he, you know, on the spectrum or is there anything there? And like at a few different points in their life, and they were just like, oh, he's just smart and bored. That's oh, all yeah. it is. It's like he's, he's, you know, he's just got his own interests. He's particular. And, you know, yeah, he might be somewhere on the spectrum. It's a spectrum, mm. but not in any meaningful way. Just try and work with what you've got here with him and work we did you know like he's a fucking amazing little drawer and he's got such an imagination huge amounts of passion i think um the way everything changed sorry to get yeah. back on topic <laughs> um it's all gold <laughs> yeah the way the way things changed for me i mean it, there's like a moment of the weight settling in I think when you, you know, we, we ended up with an emergency C-section. There's a lot of physical recovery after that. And, you you know, as a bloke, you, you tend to go into kind of caretaker mode. It's like, I'm taking care of shit, right? I'm going to be there. I'm going to be, ooh, ooh. yep, we're all good. No worries, you know. And my wife suffered from some postpartum depression herself as well. And um, I think when you're so stuck in that head sort of space of like, I want to try and do everything I can to make this better, um, I think you can not neglect but put off some of those moments of clarity for yourself. I, I had a, a single moment where I think we were like seven seven or eight weeks after he was born. Uh, we were just walking down the park and listening to some music on my phone, on speakerphone. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a jerk thing to do. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't have your headphones in when you carry on. You want to hear it but also be able to hear the young fella. Exactly. Oh, Everyone yeah, wants totally. to hear this music, I yeah. promise. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a big park, right? There was nobody else around. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and a song came on called Young Fathers, which, you know, fucking on topic. Um, my brother had sent it to me. And, um, you know, it was it's a nice song. It's an interesting time signature. And um, I just started bawling. <laughs> And I wasn't sure why at the time. I just started fucking crying. I was like, what happened, you know? My wife's asking me, are you okay? What's going on? You know, she's used to being the one that was sort of upset and a bit depressed at the time. And it's like, what's going on? What's happened? And all I could kind of get out was like, it's just so big, you know, realising the, the scope of it all. Um, every good or bad thing that happened to you when you are a kid, in some way you're going to be responsible for that happening to your kids. And kind of having that settle in, I think, as a reality rather than just like an abstract idea, that was kind of an odd moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, the biggest first kind of major moment for me was when he was first born. And this happened on both of them. And I want to kind of get your opinions about this. First off, did you guys cry when you first born? We actually brought this up last yeah. week, didn't we? Because Did like, I listened to that today. I didn't hear it. Anyway, do you feel like a bit of a monster for not crying? Um, but I mean, yeah. you shouldn't, like, fuck, like no, what saying. that's what I mean. So, like, yeah, personally, no, nah, I didn't, but I was so overwhelmed with joy that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but other people had I, different... Yeah, I did the first one, but not the second kid. I don't know why. And I was Business reverse. <laughs> you did the, the first, second one. But not, yeah, but the second. I think it was probably distress and, you know, yeah. the moment of the first, but then the second one, it was all kind of more chilled. Yeah. Because I, like, yeah, I've kind of got an idea what's going on. I, I could read the cues a little bit better with the wife, and then that second moment was like, 
boom, here. Yeah, so maybe yeah, that first time you had a bit of that flight, flight, fight or flight. Yeah, it was, yeah, because it was, because it was actually, really. it was a bit of a, oh, it wasn't super stressful, but it was just like the shit I was, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck's going on? No, hey, those fucking classes I did before this didn't fucking talk about this shit. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck is that? What the fuck is that device? I want to uh, get, I actually want to yeah. get your opinion on this because yeah. I had the same, we had an emergency C-section as well yeah. um, for the first one. So that's, maybe that's why we didn't cry either. But did you have that experience? I, I did. Um... And, you know, I'm a pretty emotional bloke, you know. <laughs> Hard on my sleeve. I don't tend to hide my emotions very well. Um, but basically, like, it was the same sort of mentality I was talking about before. Where it's like, nah, you're just here to support. You're in a job right now. And yep. that was kind of where I was at during the whole process. It's like starting with, you know, warm water on the back and massaging and whatever. And then when it's like to emergency C-section, it's just pure emotional kind of support. Scalpel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Um, and, you know, I, I just started bawling and I didn't expect it at all. Like, I hadn't really talked about that moment exactly with people because I didn't know what to even ask, right? Yeah. But the moment when they put him in my hands and I cut his cord and it was like immediate, like, woof, suddenly it was all there. And when I started to think about what was happening afterwards... At first, I thought it was like, oh, it must have just been like a release of pressure. Because he's sitting there going like, is he going to come out blue? Is he going to be all yeah. right? Is my wife going to be all right? Is everything going to be okay? Which is like a plausible enough explanation Natural, for yeah. that. But I don't, I don't reckon that was it. Because it happened the second time. And the second time was entirely planned. It wasn't an emergency C-section. We were like, nah, we're, we're setting a fucking date for this shit. We got <laughs> car packed, everything yep, sorted. Yep. <laughs> right? Got my... Uh, Two phones charged. Got a couple of days worth of video games here while you're sitting <laughs> in the room on the ground with the couch cushion, you know. Um, and it still happened. It was, there was no stress for me or, or waiting around. And it's still exact same thing. And so I started thinking about why that was. And I reckon, I don't know, this is some weird romantic shit, but it's like, you know when you're, you're getting with your partner for the first time, you're falling in love with somebody, right? It's a slow, kind of long, drawn-out process. It could take two weeks in short cases, could take three months, could take a year, right? But it's, it's a series of moments that kind of builds up until you get to the point where you kind of realise that you've loved somebody for a little while already. It's still a special moment, but it's not that little lightning bolt of clarity, right? It's the opposite with babies. You get all that fucking six months of preamble of, like, you know, learning to love someone just hits you at the same moment, just like slap like that. And that'll fuck you up. <laughs> it's like, oh! You know? That's sort of what happens, you know? It's like... And it was hard to picture. This is this is how I came to that. It was people would tell you, "Oh, you love your kids," you know. There's you know, there's obviously people out there who don't have that, and again, can take time, and that's okay, right? But um, yeah, it was hard to understand how you can intrinsically love a baby that you haven't fucking met before, <laughs> you know, yeah. that half the time is just making your life hard. Um, but in that moment, it was like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, there it is. Fuck, I need to protect this thing yeah. and I need to make it nurture and grow and all these, you know, that immediate, like, smack of just feelings yeah. all at the same time. That's what I reckon it was. Mm, yeah. Nice. Um, and, you know, in terms of, like, if there's a question or a debate or whatever, I mean, fuck, people process shit differently, yeah. right? Some people, um, you know, crying is a foreign thing. Him. And so the idea of doing that in that moment might not have even occurred, you know. And that doesn't say anything about how you feel about your kid. I think it's just it's just different people, man. You, you, you know, all having the same genuine experience. It's the same as anything else. We all experience shit differently and yeah. react to that differently. So, so don't worry, you're not broken, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, you just talking then was like, 
fuck no, I didn't on the first, but the, the second. But I actually remember going back to the room once it was all settled. It's in mm. there holding the little one, and I was like, yeah, fuck it. And that's when I was like, yeah. oh. So it must have so just that delayed moment. Yeah. It must have been just like, oh fuck, okay, yeah. Like well, you said, get out of the stress well, moment, right? Yeah. Like well, the wife the was in the bed. Yeah, good, good. Yep. Oh, you did feed. Yep, good. Yep. It's fucking. Yep. We're good. Yeah. So, you get out of protector mode and you let yourself be just like yeah. a person yeah. who's allowed to have all that shit. Fucking. Yeah. It's just yeah, finally yeah. being the dad, and like I said, instead of the protector. So, no, that's good. What about uh, bonds? Uh, creating the bonds with the the lads. You, oh, I you thought you it? meant like bonds. Like yeah. Oh yeah. Well, now let's get like, on the underwear. Wonder suits, mate. One peg on the clothesline. Fucking brilliant. You got your gloves. You <laughs> fucking double zip. Not sponsored content team. Yeah. Went for a different clothing Zimba. brand. So the one of the wonderful people at Bonds. Uh, these yeah, wonder suits are amazing. Them, brilliant. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. Creating that bond with the young fellas. I think this is this is something that people struggle with, especially blokes. Because it's easier for women in the sense that they got that immense closeness. They got this thing that already fucking needs them. Right? Also breastfeeding. Yeah. Like, Breast, that's, that's what like I mean. The number yeah. one bonding thing. It relies yeah. on them so intensely. Yeah. I mean, you still have that skin to skin thing and there's supposed to be some sort of physiological transfer yeah. of nutrients and blah, blah. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I just trust the process, right? Uh, I think it's tougher for guys because you don't have that inherent need. You don't feel it. You're not even allowed to kind of create it for yourself without knowing on some level that you just making up a little story in your head this is they call it like the fifth trimester or something, fourth oh, really? trimester or something. it's that moment where they're out of the womb they don't fucking know they're out of the womb it's, why is it bright and <laughs> cold it's fucking cold out here yeah, yeah. that's sort of what's going on right like they don't get it they yeah. don't know what's happening so the idea of in those first few like weeks them forming a bond with you it's no it's entirely one-sided and kind of coming to understand that um, almost makes the later on process a lot more special. When they start recognising you, you know, the first time you hear one of them say, Dad, Dad, and it's like, ah, he knows me. Found <laughs> him. It's like being like a stalker and having the celebrity go like, John! You know, like, you're like, <laughs> it's, it's like, this is somebody I care about immensely and think about all the time. And they've acknowledged me for the first time ever. It's the most rewarding experience in the world. Come here so I can cut you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, you know, I think, and then it just grows from there. Like, yeah. and you, you're not going to have those periods where it's just like, no, I want mummy. And you, you've got to be an adult and not, you know, take it seriously or take it personally. But, um, you know, I think it, it's kind of better for blokes in some ways. We always say it's worse because it's like, oh, you don't have that immediate bond and everything, but it's better because we get to grow one. We get to see yeah. it come to life in yeah. kind of real, in, in live action, you know what I mean? And we know that we're the ones who've kind of fostered that. There's no necessary kind of biological imperative for the kid to, to love us. We did that. <laughs> it's purpose-driven. And so there's a bit of ownership that comes with it, I think, that yeah. we, we take for granted. Yeah, Tummy time. That's when I was about, how do you go with your tummy time? That was when I created the bond. That was like, because yeah. I love the floor. Mm. I just, <laughs> I lay on the floor at the best of times. Like, yeah, get them on the tummy. And I was like in the face, like making silly faces <laughs> and reading stories and shit. I'm down here too. Yeah. <laughs> Look at me, I'm a baby. <laughs> Isn't it funny how they're like, dads often take that role of like, I'm funny. Yes. Because that's how you get kids to pay attention to you, right? And it's like, I sometimes think about like, does that carry over for a long time? Does that impact on how you actually interact with them as teenagers, maybe? It's like you're setting a kind of expectation based on it's like, this is the only way I can get a reaction out of this. <laughs> like, it doesn't need me to eat, so he doesn't yeah. give a shit about me. But if I go and hide my face for a second and then go, <laughs> he'll smile at me. And that's like, oh, 
that's worth all the sleep that I lost last night. Yeah. And so, like, we yeah. almost condition ourselves. It's a Pavlovian kind of response of going, I need to be funny for this fucking yeah, yeah. kid and performing and shit. Um, that, that's, that's to me, is the bonding bit, is, like, yeah, just yeah. those first moments of, like, it, you know, not in particular moments. Sometimes it's, like, bath time. Or it could be anywhere, really. Yeah. Sometimes it's, like, when they first wake up. Or, or putting their clothes on when they're about to go to sleep. It's like singing a certain song or pumping their legs so that they can fart <laughs> <laughs> and creating a little oh, yeah. fart song that goes along with it, you know, like, and they laugh at it because yeah. it's funny. And those are the moments of bonding where it's like, that. that's what really stuck out for me was yeah. making them laugh. And I guess, yeah, that's, that's a question now I want to put back to you, lads. Um, do you think about yourself as the kind of comedian of the, of the parenting couple? Is that... Do you fit that role of being the funny one? Can I lead on this one? Okay. This Father's Day card that my kid drew in his grade one this year and he drew a Father's Day card. You know, the um, my dad's name is blah, blah, blah. He is this old. I love daddy because blah, blah, blah. It's like my dad's name is Nick. He is, oh, it was like seven years old. This typical kid <laughs> thing. 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Nice. No, like, <laughs> geez, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, damn, I'm going to sort these crow's feet out. Um, and then he goes... It was like, I love daddy because, and it was because he he does all the funny stuff. I was like, yes, <laughs> fuck yeah. yeah man. Uh, job complete. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, the, the thing with that, and not to get all serious on this, this is a nice moment, but you've had a direct connection between effort and reward. Yeah. You're doing a thing, and now they've just fucking confirmed that, yes, this is working. Yeah. Right? That's why that's such an important little moment. Even if it's just a bit of fun, it's like, Fuck, you know, it's working. I've done this. Yeah, I'm daddy. I've done my job. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. my kids, I even find they just, yeah, they say things to me that they just wouldn't say to their mum, you know. Yeah. They've, they're quite good with her and then with me, hey, daddy, you're a poo-poo. Ha, ha, ha. Laughing for ages about it. It's like, that's pretty funny. But no, you're the poo-poo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's be real. You're the biggest poo-poo. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I, I think I'd say so. Um she knows how to play me, but yeah. it's all in jokes. It's like, ah, nah, you're not doing it. And I just realised, I'm like, fuck, you just did the exact same thing I did to you yesterday. Fucking <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or like, what did she do the other day? Comes I can eat your mandarin. Now. And then she's like, yeah, what, you mean this one here? Just point to an imaginary thing on the ca- table and then just pretend to eat it. <laughs> and did it a couple of times. Like, no, you got to eat it. And then she said, ah, oh, that's funny. And like, we just pissed ourselves off. Yeah. And then she goes, Told you it was funny. Like so, just like it was that moment, something stupid that I would do. Yeah, just yeah. there. So, yeah, well, I think so. But back to your point, I think it's we wear different hats mm. as dads, and it goes from yeah, like let's get them to laugh, let's get them, you know. And then sometimes it's got to put on my dad voice, which mine does fucking nothing for the kids. Um, <laughs> That's a good sign, mate. Oh, <laughs> in my opinion, anyway. Like no, there's different at work. It's like. People call me and it's like, hey, I just need you here. And it's like, yeah, okay, I'll come use my teacher voice. I come home and I'm like, I just don't want to use it. It's like, yeah. come on, sweetheart, just do this. And the next minute, mum and back on, we told you to do it. Shit, mum's coming. I'm That's fucking awesome. hiding too. Yeah, let's go hide. Where are we going? Um, no, but I think we wear different hats. So it's, yeah. I'm that comedian, but then now I'm at this. And like you said, with that bond, that's, that's how it grows. It changes mm. and it adapts over time for what their needs are and what ours are too. Yeah, okay. I think we need, like, we need, I feel, too, like, I look at it. Yes, they need a lot of stuff from us, the mm. kids. But over the years, now with my second, too, I'm looking at it, the amount of shit that I need from them, it's <laughs> yeah. fucking ridiculous. Like, just, as I said, yes, it's nothing worse waking up at fucking 3 o'clock or whatever to a crime, but 
the moment they're in your arms or whatever you like yeah everything's yeah. all good again yeah I, I think that's them. that's the difference as well between being a self-aware and good parent and being somebody who doesn't really get it still which yeah. there are people out there i think that haven't quite gotten it. it's like reaching that moment of clarity of going oh no 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 yeah we got to stop thinking about this in terms of material needs. Like, yeah, I pay for their food. How fucking asinine is that? It's like compared to what I get out of them, mm-hmm. it's fucking nothing, mate. Yeah. Purpose. Exactly. You know? We were yeah. talking before about like what's, you know, what's your answer to that question? It's having an inherent, constant reason to keep doing stuff and to keep growing and trying to be better at shit. You know what I mean? Um, even when you fuck up, even you know, not having the luxury of being able to say, "Well, this is who I am." Yeah. It's like, no. <laughs> no, you fix yourself. <laughs> I was a heavy drinker um, yeah. when I worked for Lion, right? Um, and maybe we'll blur that name. I was a heavy drinker <laughs> when I worked for a beer company fairly recently. <laughs> um, and you know, no fault of their own. It's just I was passionate about beer and wanted to learn more. And when you spend all day talking about beer and how it smells and tastes and all the ingredients that go into it, how great it is as a social lubricant, you end up getting towards the afternoon going, it's really Moorish, that beer stuff, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so um, that was a relatively recent change for me. I went from being somebody who, you know, on a, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever, probably be like a full pack of a craft IPA or something followed by half a bottle of wine and sometimes more mm-hmm. uh, to now I don't really even drink unless there's a reason to it's like you know Friday Saturday nights no it's, I'm at home I've got the kids tomorrow and stuff so I just don't do it anymore and there's the obvious benefits of like oh, I lost a bit of weight saving a bit of money versus if I was still drinking that way um, but I think the, the clearer value was um and I was on another Mike's podcast recently. He asked me this thing. It was like, you know, defining success. And for me, it was like being able to, to say that you're living by your values. It's something that my wife told me when I was younger that it was always sort of stuck with me. That's her vision of success. And it kind of resonates now because it's like, I don't fucking care how much money I make really as long as I'm providing for my kids and family and whatever. Um, but waking up in the mornings hungover and knowing that I wasn't doing the right thing on some level, even if even if in those moments it literally was only me that I was hurting in a basic sense, you know? It's just like the, the fact that you can't have it sit right with you for the rest of the day, knowing that you knew something wasn't the right thing to do, but you went ahead and fucking did it anyway. Mm. Um, being able to not do that anymore is is like the biggest burden lifted off me. The beautiful thing is that I can still have a beer and it's, you know, it's not one of those situations where I'm gonna have a, a you know drink with you guys tonight and it's just gonna be oh shannon's you know working up on the side of the road so you're not frank the tank yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's, it touches the lips it's just so good with seven bombs it's <laughs> six beers um yeah no it's it's like being able to live within your own values is worth so much more than i would have thought it was prior to being able to say that i'm actually doing that um so yeah i think um I can't even fucking remember where we started with this question. So nah, that's all good. Nah, it was good mate. Waffling nah. now. When it comes to um, your parenting styles, we'll go back to the way you're raising your boys. When it comes to your parenting styles, how do you differ to your wife? Um, or are you sort of on the same page all the time? Well, this the answer to this question is going to um, define whether or not I tell her about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mentioned earlier my wife's a um, uh, social worker. And so she's trained in some elements of clinical psychology, uh, specifically focused on uh, 
youth and early childhood mental health. So in a lot of ways, it's like co-parenting with a fucking authority on what is the right and wrong thing to do, I think. Um, and so in some ways that was hard because it's like you want to do something and you think it's the right thing to do, but if your partner who is trained... Qualified to, <laughs> to say it is or it isn't. <laughs> it's like climate denial. No, but it feels better for me. <laughs> um, like you can't really fucking argue in, in yeah. good terms. Um, having said that as well, I think, you know... Um, getting to the point where I realised that like I was deferring a bit too much that sort of stopped me from parenting actively in some ways yeah. it's like wow I just follow what she reckons is the right thing to do and I think getting to that point it was it was a couple of years ago even when I really started sort of embracing that a bit more um, it's not only like a bit of an empowering thing it's like no I'm a dad I'm a bloody dad I know what to do you know what good parenting is it's whatever I'm doing because I'm a good parent, right? <laughs> Little self-affirmations. That's the way. You write that in lipstick on the mirror in the mornings <laughs> or? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So you just gave me those like Buffalo Bill tucked between the legs. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a good dad? <laughs> you know I'm a fucking good dad. <laughs> um, uh, oh, you do need a visual component. Amazing. <laughs> we, so, we so need cameras in here, eh? So, look, uh, I think um, in terms of how it sort of started differing eventually, like I, I have kind of embraced a little bit more of the if it feels wrong, it probably is kind of a mentality, uh, which in a way goes... It, it often complements what she sort of uh, advocates for and sort of does with her work anyway because often that is the advice. It's kind of like, you know, follow your instinct as a parent, but also, um, you know, standing your ground in terms of your intentions and what you believe will happen when you do certain things. Um, it's it's so easy to get reactive, man. You know what I mean? And to not be able to catch yourself doing it. When I was a younger person, I went and got cognitive behaviour therapy, which was kind of important for me because I was like understanding that reactions and behaviours and emotions, they're not special. A lot of people have the same shit going on. You might think that it's this big fluffy cloud of shit going on up there that cannot possibly be categorised because it's all so expansive and, you know, uh, compl complicated and convoluted. But it's like, no, there's a name for that thing that you're doing now. It's called, you know, fortune teller error or whatever. It's like categories of here's a fucking mental fallacy that you do to yourself every now and then. And realising that and going, huh. And taking that and going, well... If, if, you know, if, if I'm a bloke and blokes are supposed to be problem solvers and supposed to apply an ethos to a thing or a discipline and fucking get the problem solved, why can't I do that with my own mental health, right? Um, taking some of that, which has worked really well for me, and then applying it to parenthood as well, it's kind of going, well, why do I feel like that's the wrong thing to do, right? I don't think you can stop asking questions with this sort of stuff. It doesn't mean you need to get caught up in the oh, getting afraid to do anything because you're going to traumatise your child if you give them the fucking blue, you know, towel instead of the green one. But it's more that, like, it, it, there's got to be a balance between trusting your gut, being able to go on that autopilot dad mode, which you know is the right thing to do because you've done it a hundred times and it's fine, and then being able to catch yourself in the middle of something and know what the right response is to it. So if I found myself yelling at my son and had that moment of clarity of like, I'm yelling at a six-year-old. What the yeah. fuck am I doing? You're an idiot, what? And being able to say... But we've all done it. Am I going to lose anything by apologising to my six-year-old son right now? The answer's no. Yeah. 
Like, what, is he going to lose respect for you? He's going to start walking around thinking he's the alpha of the house. <laughs> Come here, Dad. I'm going to give you a smack. Yeah, you can go mow the lawn then. That's great. Um, no, you're not going to lose anything. Being able to then catch yourself and go, hey, I'm really sorry. <laughs> hey, mate, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean to say that to you. I just realised I'm a bit stressed out and that's not good enough. Um, but you also did this thing, which wasn't good. Do you want to call it even? And we'll try and start again and be better. All right? little moment like that which you know you feel like in the traditional fatherhood sense wouldn't have fucking occurred to you no it's chance. like no, no i need to be the constant authority <laughs> always fucking right yeah. i was like what are you teaching your kids with that it's yeah. like what i want to teach my kid is that it's okay to be wrong it's yeah. okay to apologize that apologizing can actually make things better rather than making them worse um which not apologizing could do these are kind of valuable lessons you know yeah. and and i think my parenting style now is fairly fluid. It's kind of like a mixture of the autopilot things and then catching yourself at the right time. That little cognitive behaviour therapy thing of going, hang on a minute, what the fuck is my mental state right now? What yeah. am I doing? Be a bit present and think about what the best thing, the best outcome could be here and do that instead, right? Uh, it doesn't happen enough, but, you know, you've got to keep trying. So. When you're talking about keeping the peace with the boys... And uh, you sort of reach that moment of clarity where you're thinking to yourself, what the fuck is going on? What is that moment? How do you set your boundaries? And where do you, how do you know you've crossed the boundary or they've crossed... Sorry, how do they know they've crossed the boundary? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I think I realised that my kids aren't afraid of me pretty early on, which, you know, even with the dad voice, like they can know when something's gone wrong if you get to a certain pitch, a certain volume yeah. or whatever, or that like harsh guttural kind of like... <laughs> Stop it! You know, yeah. <laughs> that, that dad moment. Yeah. They can know that it's like, oh, hang on a minute. But they're not scared. Yeah. And I think um, that was kind of important for me to realize. It's frustrating as shit not to be able to get, you get scared <laughs> to stop them doing what you don't want them to do. Yeah. But I think in the long term, it's it's a really good thing. I don't want my kids to be scared of me. You know what I mean? It's the it's the the classic. You know, dad finds condoms in his daughter's drawer or something and takes them away. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> you fucking idiot! <laughs> <laughs> like, it's it's that moment of going like, am I just training my kids to be scared of me? And and how am I? How are they going to ever learn to solve their own problems? I guess um, if they can't ask for advice yeah. and learn maybe some different ways of doing that. If they don't trust you, ultimately. Um, in terms of like finding ways to actually catch yourself in those moments, the only thing that I think actually works, it's very manual. It's very kind of like mechanical, if you know what I mean, which some people will hate because it's like, that can't be a fix for this. Other people will go like, well, that's something I can do. So maybe it's positive. It's a solutions focused sort of outcome. Find a single fucking item in your house. If there's a place where you find yourself going off on occasion, if you know that it's like, oh, the sandpit always causes dramas, right? find one item of particular note maybe it's a particular color and just create that as a mental cue for yourself think of it as a mental cue let's say there's a little green turtle nailed to the fence it's a little picture not an actual turtle a little picture of a turtle <laughs> <laughs> there's a dead turtle nailed to um, <laughs> why does it smell so bad in the yard? <laughs> No, look, there's like a toy of some sort. And let's yeah. just use the green turtle thing because I already, already creeped everyone out by talking about nailing <laughs> dead turtles. Yeah. <laughs> When you see that green turtle, now, you set it as a trigger for yourself. You go, whenever I see that green turtle, doesn't matter if the kids are around, if I'm at home by myself, it's the afternoon, evening, I'm cleaning up outside. When I see that green turtle, 
I have to stop and take stock of my current emotional and mental state. Take a moment to think about where we are in life right now, what's going on, what's good, what's bad. And you can do this really quickly. I'm not asking you to stand there for half an hour just like weighing up the pros and cons, but yeah, <laughs> meditating. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to think on this for about two and a half hours, darling. You could just sort dinner yourself. You finish, finish sweeping and yeah. feed the kids. <laughs> but it's just that split-second moment of going, what's my mental state right now? Mm. I used to use this for work. You ever do the drive to work and you're already having a fucking argument with yourself about something that you were thinking about yesterday... <laughs> And so having a mental cue when you get out of your car and you're walking towards the office or the door, the front door, whatever it ends up being, to go, stop, have a think about it all right now. Is this, is this even relevant, the shit that you're worried about? Is it all good? Chuck a smile on your face. Don't worry about it too much. Well, you know, if you're genuinely upset about something, that's cool too. But like, maybe don't let yourself get caught up too much in that shit. And so find a single thing. This is all I can mm. suggest. It sort of helps me. Find a single thing that you remind yourself that's a mental cue. That's a thing that's going to remind me to stop and take a bit of stock and try and get my shit under control. And that's enough sometimes to give you that moment of clarity to go, okay, look, let's not, let's start again. Let's start again. Oh, who wants to start again? Guys? Okay, I'll say it in a funny voice. Who wants to start again, boys? You know, and you get their attention. Yeah. That's enough sometimes to just reset it and make you feel a little bit better about the next two hours. You know what I mean? Um, that's great advice. Not once again, something we haven't heard before yeah. about that just... That trigger to assess your current mental or emotional state. Yeah, I think we hesitate to do this shit because we think it should be more complicated often. Mm. It's like, no, this is about long-term behavioural discipline and kind of focus and change about how... It's like, no, no, no. Sometimes it's just about giving yourself the opportunity to fucking reset it and try again. Yeah. Definitely, mate. And uh, what... We'll lighten it up just before we get to the fun stuff. No, that, no, that was a sick chat. Um, there's some serious... <laughs> Can't help but like, yeah, we're having a laugh. Right? <laughs> no, no, that was... Let's talk about mental health. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we usually start with that stuff and then finish with a bit of fun stuff. But uh, yeah, I just want to finish off with... What's your favourite dad hack? Do you have any? Oh, I mean, I already mentioned the Wonder Suits. Especially of a certain age. You don't have to give a shit what they look like. They don't even need shoes. They no. don't walk. Just single peg on the clothesline. Brilliant. Um, Mum bought me them till I was 16. <laughs> Dad hack. I think, um, you know, there's the classic, which is making competitions out of things that you want them to do. Yeah. Um, to me as well, there's just like sales stuff. It's like positioning. You can have A, B or C. You know that they don't want A. You want them to have B. But if you just give them A and B, they're going to ask for something better. So you give them C as an option, which you know is inferior. It's like A is out of the question. It's a toss-up between B and C, and you know that they're going to go for B anyway. They've now been given three choices, and it's like, can't give you any more choices than that. So it's just positioning them to pick that one that you want them to pick. And it's manipulative. But you know what? <laughs> it Fuck it. If it's brushing their teeth, then it's okay to manipulate your kids to brushing your teeth. I feel bad about that. That's that <laughs> actually works really well. <laughs> awesome. Right, so we're back here with Shannon Cooper from Trademark. And uh, yeah, we, we've had an absolutely belting chat with him. We've had some awesome dad advice, some actual cracking dad dad hack at the end, which we all enjoyed. But uh, I think it's now time to get onto what we all wanted to see: 
uh, the fun stuff, the dad quiz, and the shit dad moment of the week. So let's kick into the uh, the dad quiz. Um, yeah, we'll start with Cam. So just uh, basically the first thing that comes to mind oh, when no. we ask this question. Um, <laughs> We want to hear that you know what's the main thing that you say and when you go to that dad brain so for example when you've tied down a load on the four-wheel drive or the trailer what's the throwaway comment that you have to make oh that's not going anywhere (laughs) science love it when your kid hurts themselves what should a dad say to soften the blow i walk it off mate you'll be right (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. When your kid con- uh, when your kid finds a coin laying about or a bit of money, sneak or your wallet. <laughs> I was wondering where that went. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Dad tax, love that. And uh, when they're standing in front of the TV, what's your throwaway comment? Standing in front of the TV. Honestly, if they're standing by themselves. I don't say a fucking word. <laughs> <laughs> just leave them. Yeah. Oh, mate, that's golden. Just, just walk away. Yeah, I don't want to Don't make eye contact. <laughs> Back away quietly. <laughs> also, would have accepted you make a better uh, door than a window. And do you think I'm a glass maker? <laughs> uh, what about the lads come up to you and they say they're hungry? What do you say? Uh, I'm probably a bit. I'm probably a bit forgiving with this sort of stuff. I actually legit say. What do you want to eat? <laughs> Doesn't mean I give it to them. They're just going to say, like, marshmallows. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> In the same but, time, you know, I love it. Yeah. Uh, you know, so let's start with your blue sky option. We'll go down from there, right? <laughs> nice. We would normally said, g'day, hungry, I'm dad. <laughs> okay, no, fair, yeah. fair. Yeah. Okay. Forget it. Um, and last one. When you finish mowing the lawn or you're doing the garden work, what is the must do when you finish up? Ah, oh, look, honestly. Sit down and have a beer. Fucking perfect. Have a look at the sunset. That moment, oof, you burned it. <laughs> That's delicious. Yeah, admire the work. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying before, give yourself a treat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pat on the back. Lawn looks fantastic, mate. Enjoy it. Just and, find that and one. And you have to talk to yourself in that tone too. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, if you can put on the uh, what I call the Alfie Langer, you know, Queenslander voice. It's not even Alfie. It's more like you know, you have to say the words Alfie Langer, you bloody. Or it's fine, You're that finished one. mowing the lawn, mate. Grab yourself a cold beer and enjoy that bloody Queensland sunset. It's a real passport shredder of a day today. <laughs> Fucking love that. That is beautiful. That's a keeper. <laughs> right, Glad we got that on camera. I just need the time. <laughs> just so every time I fucking moan now, I just skip to this episode. And fucking listen to that. And then you fucking little uh, earbuds that the missus and the kids got me for <laughs> to mow on the lawn. Just some powder finger as a backing track. <laughs> oh, oh, burn oh. it in the background. Amazing. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Love it. All right. Now it is most certainly time for this. Shit dad moment. Yes, I get it. You're really impressed with our sound system and uh, and and all our jingles. I can just tell by the look on your face. How, it's how okay. do you guys do that? <laughs> I don't I'm a wizard. Yeah, we don't know. Cam and I just sit here. Just in moonlight. a wizard. He's a five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little touch of magic on the side. It was that or Uber Eats, you know? So. That's definitely my side gig. Now, shit dad moment of the week. Thanks to Better Accounting, whose office we are sitting in right as we speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, Mark and the team. Uh, what is it? That's Steve. No, it's, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
No, so $150 tax returns if you mention the Shit Dad podcast sent you. We're getting a few flowing in now, which is really good, and it's a good little kickback for us. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but Shit Dad moment of the week this week. I have a cracker that I really want to share with the team. I actually need the camera for this one, Dave. Um, so... Shit dad moment of the week for me. Um, I was standing at the back with a couple of mates on Father's Day. A couple of dads came around, uh, like-minded, enjoy a couple of beers in the afternoon and on a Sunday and let the kids run around and have a play. Every- like everything was going good. We were we were still reeling and the hangover was still reeling from the, other, the, the night before from us. So I was just having one or two quiet ones. Um, kids were playing. Everything was going good. And I was we, we were talking like it was sort of him, like – Sort of embarrassing, you know, the, the bravado chat, you know, it's like, oh, mate, that makes you rock hard, yeah, that sort of gear. <laughs> so I was like animated uh, animated conversation with one of the boys and um, he was like, oh, blah, 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 chortle, 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 and I've gone, oh, that makes you rock hard, like that. And my fist has come up at, a, at the exact moment that Mr. Five ran past me. <sighs> so I have uppercut my five-year-old. <laughs> It wasn't like horrendous, like it sort of just brushed him on the way past, thank God, but it was the moment where we, me and both dads have looked at it and just gone, <laughs> like it was just silence, all mouths were open just to see his reaction. He's, he's going like this, like mouth, hands over the mouth, and then he's looked at me and all the dads were like that. He started to cry on us. I did the typical dad thing and went, oh, my God, you take it like a champion. Are you all right, mate? That was brilliant. And, like, just really tried to make a light situation out of it. And he looked at me and goes, and just kept running. I was like, oh, thank God for that. We're recovered. (sighs) Like heavy breathing. (laughs) It's all the heavy breathing as well. See your reaction. Oh, my reaction, yeah, definitely. I'm well played. Yeah, well played. Um, I've been pretty, pretty well behaved. As I always try to be, but it fucking just happens anyway. Same thing on Father's Day. Took the Miss Three out. Um, keep Mr. Five away from her now. After their last weekend visits to that driveway easement, <laughs> they just decided to pull down all these little trees from the, the plants in the, the council part. Miss Three thought that was a fucking great idea again on Sunday and pulled the biggest fucking one out and then just started swinging around like fucking everything. Just going, fucking <laughs> you! And I was like, do not hit that car. You mean this car? And started oh. tapping on like, Do not hit the car Ah <laughs> yeah okay And then walked over And then just everything She could fucking swing the stick at It's like So now I've just taught my daughter To pick up sticks And fucking swing it at everyone It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> fucking awesome <laughs> I, had a, I had a shit son moment On Father's Day So I was very spoiled As mentioned Got the all the hair trimmers um, But Packed the kids car Went down to, to Sandgate You know same, 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 same as a lot of dads No doubt On Father's Day Remembered everything, scooters, bikes, helmets, all, all the crap you got to get, the extra bike in case they don't like the scooter. You know, very well prepared. Um, and then my dad rocks up, wanders over, g'day, happy Father's Day. And I was like, forgot your present, Dad. And I looked like the son that didn't get him anything, but I genuinely did. It was a cool little hamper pack with, like, barbecue shit, but I was just that son that's just like, yeah, sorry, got you nothing. Got you a hug. <laughs> happy Father's Day, Dad. It's the hug that counts. Yeah. <laughs> What about yourself, Shannon? You got a shit dad moment of the week, mate? Uh, it wasn't anything recent, but I do have a story to share there, I guess. Just share them all. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, all gold. So when we first had, <clears throat> like we, we bought our house, or it's a property then, we were doing a little bit of work on it just on the weekends. I'd go out there with my eldest and um, just listening to Spotify on the way out there. 
not really thinking about it too much, you know, playing a bit of punk music, just little playlists that pop on and off. And um, there's a song <laughs> called Carol <laughs> by an Aussie band that has a particular line um, where he says the words, I don't want to be a fucking Christmas ham. And... Um, <laughs> yeah. Classic. <laughs> I'm out of this to my Anyway, it's about a week later. <laughs> sitting at home, the kids are just playing and the youngest one, Marley, turns to his brother and says something silly. And they're having a big laugh and, and the eldest one turns back to him and goes, Oh, Marley, you fucking Christmas ham. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife just immediately <laughs> looks at me and says... That's on what? <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, it's a song. Like, Why are you playing this song? <laughs> it was just it was a Spotify playlist. <laughs> Meanwhile, he said it again. Oh, it's such a fucking Christmas ham. They said it in context too. Yeah. Oh, mate. So, yeah, it was an odd moment, but I'm still really weirdly secretly proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to start saying that too. Like every time. <laughs> you fucking Christmas ham. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got uh, a couple of send-ins. We got um, Fabs from Instagram, and we have a shit dad share line. Uh, so Woo. don't forget to send those in. That's good. Thirty, forty, ninety-five, forty-five. Just leave a message, and we'll play it on the pod. It does work. We, it, t- we tested it Saturday. It worked, and it was yeah. <laughs> I'd love to play it for you, but we'll save that for one for another day. Uh, hey boys, I have a recent story to share. I was finishing up the a feed with my seven-month-old boy twin when I started asking my four-year-old girl to get ready for a bath. As always, she uh, proceeded to whinge and argue about not wanting a bath. And sure enough, the daily bath time debate kicks off. After a few minutes of negotiating, I'm still holding my boy twin, who then suddenly projectile spews formula everywhere and the four-year-old gets nailed. The sudden look of shock on her face was too much for me and I laughed my ass off at her as she ran away screaming and crying. I should have stopped there, but had to yell, a bath doesn't seem so bad now, hey? <laughs> anyway, fast forward to later that night with a trip to emergency, and it turns out that boy twin had gastro. Uh, so over the next 48 hours, I got spewed, pissed, and shat on routinely. In the end, I guess karma caught up with me for laughing at Miss Four. Anyway, lads, hope you enjoyed the story, Fabs. That's karma <laughs> at its finest. So many twists and turns. That was like a Goosebumps novel. <laughs> Uh, and we have a really, <laughs> we got a really good one in for on the shit dad share line. So I'll share that with you now. Or will I? This is when editing doesn't become fun. Bookie, the Perth white mess here. Lad, how's this person shit daddery, right? Anyway, Milky. The Perth white mess here. Uh, yeah, just today, right? I have all these toys that aren't toys. They're my uh, collectibles, let's call them. And uh, no, not the adult kind. Like actual toys, Transformers, Mario Kart things. Just, just things I collect from nostalgia. Anyway, the kids today, little shits. <laughs> Wanted to play with them. Said, nah, nah, mate. You don't play with them. They're dad's ones. So what does the little ones do? They stack up books out of the library as high as they can get them. I go shit to the missus. 
fucking getting quiet. What's going on? Anyway, walk out there. The kids have stacked up the books to get the fucking toys off the top shelf. I go, no, they're not toys you play with, your little shits. <laughs> Looking back, I shouldn't have caught them little shits. <laughs> should have strangled them. <laughs> should have strangled them. Thumb the pod. See you later. Milky out. <laughs> Milky out. Milky out. Thank you, Milky. Uh, thanks, Milk. Ma- Milk can tell a story. That was a, a proper storyteller, hey? Loved his voice. Yeah. He's like thirsty. He's thirsty. He's in the background going, fucking hell, I've had a gutful of this, eh? Hey? It's too hard for Milk today. <laughs> milk was a bad choice. Thanks, Milk. That's great. Well, I think that uh, is it for another episode fellas um thanks shannon for coming on it's been awesome to hear your honest and authentic story and advice uh for a lot of our listeners so thank you thanks for having me thanks for letting me sit here and talk shit no, so. no, <laughs> right. thanks for the merch and We'd everything love it too, yeah. Yeah. Pleasure, mate. Yeah, yeah get around trademark um yep. in case you haven't heard of it before um for any of the listeners uh any any final things coming up for trademark that's worth uh mentioning Look, uh, there's some exciting stuff on the rise, but um, for now, I guess all I want to sort of tell people about is Funky Shirt Fridays. Yep. If it sounds a bit goofy, that's because it's on purpose. Um, I think one of the biggest issues with mental health is that it's never really approached in a fun way because, you know, people don't think of it like that. But that's probably one of the reasons why we don't talk about it because we don't want to be the Debbie Downer. Yeah. So let's just do what we can to make it a little bit of fun. Chuck on a funky shirt on a Friday. It doesn't even need to be one of ours. We prefer it, obviously, but, you know. <laughs> and uh, be authentic. Open yourself up. You know, be a bit brave, be all those things that you think, you know, men should be, but ask for a bit of help and, and show people that it's okay to be a bit vulnerable. Outstanding, awesome. mate. Yeah. Unreal. Yeah. Does anybody have any lasting shit daddery? Oh, sorry, dad voice. Shit daddery? I mean, I got... Oh, we're just <laughs> throwing, throwing <laughs> a shitload of that out. Yeah. Heaps. Nah. What's nah. a dad boss? Pardon? What did you say? Dad boss? Dad yeah. voice. Dad, dad voice. Oh, dad yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Dad yeah. but from a dad. Yeah, I, I mean... It's pretty self Yeah, you know how it is. Oh, because... You just misheard it because I, I was mumbling. Voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Ah. Ah. I'm going to get ah. that on the camera. Wait a minute. Do that again. <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing major no. for me. Um, I just would love everyone to keep doing what they're doing and, and leave their, their five-star mm-hmm. reviews uh, and keep those messages coming through. Be like Milky and uh, get yeah, the that share line as well. Yeah, definitely. What was the number again? Um, <laughs> 30. I don't know. 30. 40. 40. 95. 95. 45. Now that, fuck, yeah. that's an easy one to remember. Or uh, shitdadpod at gmail.com or at shitdadpod on Insta. That's 1330. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an easy one to remember. Don't call that one. We need a jingle. We need a jingle like that. Don't be a fucking Christmas man. <laughs> 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 oh, that's awesome. Thanks, Shannon. And uh, guys, everyone listening, keep striving to make those relationships with your kids 1% more meaningful every week. Whether you take away something from ours or Shannon's shit, daddery or not. And remember, we're all in the same boat when it comes to fatherhood for the kids. Mm-hmm.